guys, Princess here, and you are in for another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Listen, the world's on fire, but we have to find a way to find some comfort for ourselves, so let's do this fucking podcast. Um, I need you to know that on Monday, my dustpan went missing. On Tuesday, my broom went missing. And on Wednesday, my the left shoe of the pair of shoes I wear the most went missing. I brought this up to my husband. I told him somebody's living in the attic and sweeping up shit and wearing my left shoe. And he said, no, they aren't, but didn't refuse to check. Which means that either... He knows something I don't know, or he's a coward. Which one do you think? Hmm? You know, when we lived in our first apartment here in Austin, I kept seeing things out of the corner of my eyes, like shifts, like shapes and black, like shadows and stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a ghost in here. (laughs) And I tried to have a conversation with my husband one night about it. I said, I think there's a ghost that lives in this house with us. And he looked right at me and said, Princess, I don't think there's a ghost. But if there is a ghost, you should mind your goddamn business and stop talking about it and maybe leave it alone because that's what happens to people in movies that die over ghosts is because they don't mind their fucking business. And I was like, dude, you're talking weird. Are you talking? He's like, what I'm saying, Princess, is maybe we don't talk about ghosts. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Are you, are you talking to the ghost? And he's like, princess, if you keep pursuing this and the ghost has to kill you, that's on your hands. But I, for one, don't want to talk about this ghost. <laughs> and that's what I knew. Well, I knew earlier. That uh, if we had ghosts or some paranormal in our home, my husband sides with the ghost. <laughs> I don't really know where my shit is, but... Um, Shit's gone missing. I cannot find it anywhere. (sighs) Listen, I want to record this podcast so that I can leave and go to In-N-Out and drown myself in cheesy burglary goodness. So let's get started. (laughs) Before I get started, though, I want to remind you guys that I have a Patreon associated with this podcast where people get uh, bonus episodes for their dollar a month contribution. You can join my Patreon at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. It's a buck a month. You get at least one bonus episode a month. But the fact is, these days I've been doing a lot more than that. This week I did a Princess Diaries episode where I talk about some of the things that are keeping me down. Let's be clear. I, I, I recorded this like Tuesday night or something. And I mean, there are a lot more things getting me down now. But I just kind of talked about what's going on around here. Some of you have already reached out about my car door. Thank you so much for validating my feelings about being a tack ball these days. Um, My part should be here on Monday. My husband said he will fix it immediately because I think he realizes that this is like having an effect on my mental health. And um, I did another bonus episode in that series that I'm doing on John and Kate where I talked about when they moved into that big house and how jealous I was. I talked about 
my own journey to homeownership that was like not what I was looking for, but it's what happened. And yeah, it's it's doing pretty good. I'm I'm gonna have hmm. I think I have three more episodes to go and I'll be done with that limited series. So you definitely want to sign up at the Patreon. Um, your buck a month keeps the lights on, makes makes this podcast worthwhile for me. And it means that worthwhile, not worthwhile. <laughs> not fucking Joe Exotic. <laughs> I don't have to try to work in wild. It's a pun for everything. Um, but uh, by the way, if Joe Exotic gets fucking pardoned, I'm going to be so fucking mad. That man is a criminal. A fucking criminal. (laughs) And yeah, I'm pretty sure Carol Baskin killed her husband. Sure, it's possible. You can sway me either way on it. Fine, fine, fine. But Joe Exotic is a crazy person that's been threatening to kill people for years. He definitely did the thing he's in jail for. Does he need to leave jail? No. Other people need to go to jail as well. That's what needs to happen. If he gets fucking pardoned, anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> um, your dollar a month for my Patreon makes it worthwhile for me to do this podcast. It helps me create space and time to do things for it. Um, it pays for some of the upkeep for having a podcast and I really appreciate it. So if you can, if you can become a subscriber, please do. You get some really cool things. Um, if you can't, I understand that too. Leave me a five-star review. That helps too. Or you can also follow me at, at okay, then princess on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram. All right. So let's get started. I'm doing... Growing Up Gotti, Season 1, Episode 5, Grad to Meet You. I was looking at the list, and I have about... So this is five, so that means I have six more episodes to go before I'm done with the season. And I'm probably going to do the 10-year reunion thing as a bonus episode. But I feel like I've been doing Growing Up Gotti a lot longer than five episodes. Doesn't it feel like that to you? Mm. It's not that I don't like the episodes or anything. It doesn't feel like a slog. Definitely watching them is easy. I mean, it's like 21 minutes, 24 minutes. Talking about them is easy. I pretty much hate everybody, so that's fine. But <laughs> I was like, oh, I've only done, this is only like my fifth episode? Oh, interesting. Um, so this week, Vicky is busy. She's got her fake column at the star. John's graduating from the eighth grade. Carmine is graduating from high school. She actually said John's graduating from junior high. Um, but he's like 15, 14 or 15 years old. So, like, you know, some places junior high is is seventh, eighth, and ninth, and then high school is 10th, 11th, 12th. Or they do seventh and eighth at one school, and, and high school is ninth, 10th, and 11th, and 12th. But, um, I find that's like mostly older people who who had that experience. I know that you know school systems are different are different everywhere, but I'm pretty sure Frank is leaving the eighth grade because if Frank is leaving, maybe he's leaving the ninth grade. I'm just saying he can't be leaving the seventh grade or nothing like that because. 
He's a grown ass man, guys. <laughs> and it's not unusual. Like most of the people in my family are over six feet. I am not. I'm a smooth five four, five five. If I'm trying real hard, and um, I remember when like my brothers and cousins, like my brother's six six, my cousin's seven two. <laughs> Like, and most people, like I said, they're all very tall people. It's not, it's not unusual to have like incredibly, be incredibly tall in my family. But like when they were 13 and 14, they looked like grown men. I remember my brother and my cousin had just had gotten caught shoplifting in a super Kmart. Mm -hmm. It's not there anymore. <laughs> and my mom was incredibly angry. First of all, cause I just gone to scare straight for shoplifting. Okay. And uh, she was very, very mad at me. Uh, well, she's mad at she was mad at me because I was a wash and go kid, and that I really took care of myself and I kind of did my own thing, and like I got really good grades and I was a good kid. And for something like that to happen, she was my mom used to get madder at me when I got in trouble than anybody else because she'd be like, "You're the one I don't have to worry about," and now here you are having me worrying, which is. Something we talk about in therapy all the time, but <laughs> well, she was already mad about that. And then my younger brother and my cousin had gotten caught shoplifting at a Super K. My mom was like, "This is a den of thieves." <laughs> and but also one of the things she said mentioned was that like, "Listen, I know that you guys are like young. You're like 14 and 15 years old, but you look like grown ass men, and you're lucky they didn't shoot you. You're lucky that you like." They assume your age and they assume that you're dangerous just by looking at you. And she's like, I could have been coming to identify your bodies today over whatever bullshit candy or whatever you're, you were trying to fucking steal. And I mean, she's right. And that was like in Jesus Christ, 1996 or something. And here we are in 2020. So... The more things change, the more they stay the fucking same. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really hoping that, <laughs> I'm really hoping like John is not in like the seventh or the sixth grade because I can't deal with that. Um, I want to be clear about something. When she says she's got this graduation party and two graduations and her column at the star, I want to be clear that. I know we all watched Sex in the City and she had one column and lived this amazing life in New York City. That's not how writing works at all. And and I'm not saying it never works like that. Don't get me wrong. There are columnists, staff writers who are columnists who make a lot of fucking money and can live. But that's not how it normally works. And it's certainly not how Victoria Gotti works. I'm sure that she's I'm sure that she gets a lot of support from many sources to upkeep that house or used to because that's why the fucking house looks like that. Okay? This star job ain't doing it. Um, so she's get, she needs an assistant. She's gathered a bunch of people in her, in her house for interviews. She shows up late, but as she walks to the door, she's either talking to camera crew or someone and says, wipe your feet. And I'm like, Fuck you, Victoria. Fuck you and your dirty white outfit 
telling someone to wipe their feet as if your house is not dingy and filthy in all places. As if you and those three adolescent gorillas, you got running... As if you guys don't have COVID 20, 21, and 22 all spread out around that fucking house. Get the fuck out. Wipe your feet. How about you go throw that fucking outfit in the in the washing machine with an extra uh, an extra scoop of cheer or something so we can get these whites white because I'm sick of this. I'm sick of looking at these yellowing ass outfits. Wipe your fucking feet. Get the fuck. Mm. Okay, princess, calm down. Anyway, she tells everyone at the interview that she's late and that that's one of the reasons she needs an assistant, someone to keep her on time places. Um, everyone she interviews, so she says, oh, I look I'm, like I'm playing tennis. I'll be right back. Tennis, I'll be right back. I'm like, no, you're not like you're playing tennis. You look, <laughs> you look like you just rolled around in a field somewhere. You look filthy. So she comes down in like a, a black sateen lounge set. I don't know. <laughs> she only wears two colors. And <laughs> everyone she interviews is straight the fuck out of central casting. Especially to do with the with the blue mohawk. Especially to do with all the piercings. She actually asked to do with the piercings. Is that part of his religion? <laughs> I don't want to know. Like, I'm not doubting that there are religions in which piercings are important. I... I almost just named one just now, but I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce it. So I'm not. <laughs> but just the way she said it was like, so what's this about? Um, is this part of your religion? <laughs> and he just said he grew up with like weird people. <laughs> anyway, the whole time she's interviewing everybody, her phone keeps going off. So it's a week before the party and it's Carmine's graduation. And there's a big-ass cross on his school, so I'm assuming it's private school. <laughs> um, yeah. V is crying. Carmine's saying he's for finally free, which is something high schoolers, which is something they would think, but you're never really fucking free. Um, Victoria says Carmine is the same kid that used to hang on her leg and cry when she went to the bathroom and... All that. My mom said I used to do the same thing to her. I would just, like, I could not not be in her presence. And I would just hang out outside the bathroom. Be like, Mama, when are you coming out? Which, a long time, for a long time, I never believed her. Because, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, my mom's not, like, a, a cuddly person. And I can't imagine me, like, demanding that she come out of the bathroom and hold me. But... Now that I have all these toddlers in the house, I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely did that. That's just what toddlers do. They just want to know. They just want to get up in there. Are you taking a poop? <laughs> They're just all up in your fucking business. Um, so we get this unnecessary scene of Carmine playing a PS2 and talking about how he thinks college is what college is going to be like. And he name checks Van Wilder, which means that this is a very old show. But we already knew that. <laughs> So Vicky ends up hiring the only suitable person she interviewed, which was Jen, which makes me think that she had already hired Jen. There's no way. I, I think I think Jen was already, was already her assistant, and they just did this for the show. So on Jen's first day, Victoria's doing a photo shoot, and she hates all the clothes. She says they're either hooker clothes 
or something you can buy in Macy's for $55, which I'm made to believe it means it's cheap. But, you know, guys, only way, the only time I go in Macy's is when I'm trying to get to Auntie Annie's in the, um, Annie Annie's in the, uh, in, in the mall. Like, you know how you go, <laughs> you know how you park and you have to go into one of the anger stores to, to get through? That's the only time I go in Macy's. If she had told me she got some information, I'd be like, oh, she spent a lot of money on it. I would never, I had no idea that someone would be like, this is cheap. You get it from Macy's. Okay. Um, so she comes out in her own clothes and she tells someone, I'm assuming the stylist, that the clothes aren't suitable. And she kind of asked what she, who the stylist spoke to, like who about getting clothes and the stylist who's blurred out. She's black. She's blurred out on purpose. She knew not to sign that shit. And says Matt. And and Victoria's like, well, me and Matt don't dress alike. I'm sure he'd like to, but dot, dot, dot. And that's coded wording for Matt's gay, right? Um, it's like one of those throwaway lines that you would hear an older person say about someone who's gay. Gross. <laughs> also, Victoria hated the white outfit. It's like, it was like a white dress with like, um, I guess it was lacy maybe. I don't know. And she's like, this is something Pam Anderson would wear. And she's right, because Pam Anderson likes to wear white all the time too, just like Victoria. But Victoria comes down in an outfit that comes straight from the Jessica Rabbit collection. She walks in the room with her tits first. So I'm not sure what the difference is between them. Is it because what she has on is long and booby? Or or because the other... I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't really see a big difference in the presentation of the two outfits. I think she just wanted to wear her own fucking clothes. Um, now... Now they're they're talking about the things Jen has to do. Jen has to track down this, a source for um, Victoria's article at or column at Star Magazine, which further tells me that Victoria doesn't work for Star Magazine. Victoria can't hire a personal assistant if she's a staff writer at Star Magazine and go in and have the personal assistant come work in the office. That's just, I, maybe I'm misinterpreting, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but you can't do that. Like, a corporation will not allow you to hire someone on your own accord to come work inside their offices because of insurance shit, liability. Like, so that tells me Victoria's a 1099 worker and she, she gets a, maybe she gets a little office or a desk at the, you know, but she doesn't work for Star. She she contracts the Star, which makes me think she makes less money than I originally thought. Again, it's not that I don't think people can make money writing columns. They do. This is 2004. This is a different time. Sure, 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 sure. But very few people make an entire living doing one column. Like, you can count them on two hands. This is not. This is not something that's that's normal, especially 
like Victoria Gotti, who would, who would have gotten this based on the clout of the book she'd written, um, of being like a really known person in New York City, in the New York, the greater New York City area because of her father and his notoriety. Um, like, <laughs> there's no way she makes enough money freelance writing this fucking column to keep that house in order. I'm not saying she does. She hasn't gotten big money on books. She recently had a Lifetime movie based on her life story, which was probably adapted from the book, which, I mean, I'm sure her publisher still has the rights to. But, so I don't know how, I don't know how much she got paid in that deal. I don't know. Like, it all depends on the contract of how you how you set it up like did you retain movie rights when you when you signed over the book rights to the publisher to distribute or excuse me they're not just distributors to so that they can own it so that they can sell it and and make their money off of it like did you sign over movie rights because if you did then the publisher got the money for the movie and it's a lifetime movie so i mean well how much money was that i'm just saying i'm I'm sorry to get like in the fucking weeds here and this isn't like a show i should be overthinking at all i get that but i'm just like wondering like dude um i don't know dude like the math doesn't add up the ex is in prison I'm wondering where the support comes from. Is it a family thing? Is this the reason why everything's dirty in that house? Like, what's up, man? Like, I'm surprised she can afford to hire Jen. But I'm sure she got a down payment on when she started this reality TV show. And I don't know that the, like, I know a lot of times, like, today we'd be like, oh, production hired her. But I don't know that in 2004 production would have hired an assistant so they could have a storyline. I don't, on the first season of a show like this, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if, like, they had an agreement with Jim was going to work for free. I, listen, I don't know a lot of shit. I've said I don't know 50 times. I'm just saying something ain't clean in the buttermilk here, kids. Um... Jen's not a great assistant. <laughs> she hung up on somebody that she was like, someone put him on hold, put her on hold. And she just waited like a minute or two and hung up. And I'm like, if you've been trying to get through and, and you finally get through to the person that put you on hold, you just have to stay on fucking hold. Like, like where the fuck do you have to go? This is, this is the, this is the job. You have to stay on hold. She's not writing lists. She's, I mean, she's doing a lot of shrugging. <laughs> And this gives me interim vibes from like, um, like Sonia Morgan. This gives me, you got somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience because you ain't paying, you know what I mean? So you have to teach them how to be good at this job before they can even do the job, which is, uh, fine if you have the time for that. But you either, you're either going to have to spend time or money. And if you're not willing to spend money, you need to spend time. And I don't know. Victoria seems like she expects a lot from her, which is she like told her this is going to be the hardest shop you've ever had. I'm like, is it? 
I personally think I make a very good assistant. I like to keep things in order. I'm someone who likes to anticipate problems and stuff. Though I think I, in theory, I make a good assistant. In practice, I would not because you're not gonna yell at shit about you're not gonna yell at me about shit that's not my fault. Like later when they're having the arguments about the caters and stuff, like that's not Jen's fault. Jen didn't set up the caterers. You did. You set up the catering hall. So the fact that Jen can't get them to do some shit that was never agreed upon is not Jen's fault. Also, Jen looks all of 18 years old. Jen looks Carmine's age. <laughs> you get what the fuck you paid for, and I feel like you didn't pay for anything. <laughs> um, and with everything else going on right now, Frankie's like, I need a tie. I guess for his graduation. And the mall's closing in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, doesn't Frankie own a tie? Earlier when Carmine was graduating, I saw Frankie in a suit. Did he not have a tie on? You want to tell me Frankie, like, considering the family they're in. And I don't just mean the Gotti family. I mean, think of Italian-American people living on Long Island with semi-notoriety big family like you go to a lot of things I'm sure he's been to a ton of bar mitzvahs I'm sure he's been to I'm sure he's been to a ton of confirmations and weddings and and just think of all the traditional things that you would that your family would throw if you were an Italian American living on Long Island culturally the type all types of events you guys would be going to that require a tie Frankie owns a fucking tie I feel like this is just made up drama for the fucking show so that they can call some sort of men's retailer or something and they can run in and get a tie. So Victoria and Frankie can argue in the fucking store over whether whether um, Frankie can have a, a solid color tie or a pattern tie. And she's screaming at him he's not going to have a zoot suit, which is another coded thing. Zoot suit, well... She doesn't want to look. She doesn't want to give him him giving off the, the wrong type of vibes, but this seemed all super unnecessary because, dude, Frankie has to own like five ties. Also, he's got two brothers. Get it? Go in one of their rooms. And get a tie. Ugh. So Victoria's been apparently looking for like a clean guest list. And basically what I take that to mean is that she wants a guest list that just has everybody written out alphabetically or in groups of like Frank's guests, you know, John's guests, family or something like that. But a clean guest list that just tells us who's who's been invited and maybe like some kind of indicator that says whether they've RSVP'd, which is reasonable because, I mean, well... Sort of reasonable. She thinks that if uh, she doesn't have a guest list for the front door, then then all then half of Brooklyn's gonna want to come. But and maybe that's true. Fuck, maybe it's true. But um, she is. She's been asking for that, and Jen hasn't given it to her. And she comes. She asked for it. She's been asking for a while. When she comes back. I guess from the tie situation, she comes back. Jen hasn't done it, and. Jen's working on cards instead, which was confusing to me because thinking place cards, what other cards could she be talking about? How are you doing place cards if you don't have a clean guest list? 
how are you, how, where are you getting the names for for the place cards? Is she saying she's prepping place, place cards? Like, I don't know. You get those from the printer. They're pretty much done. Unless she's talking about writing. If she's writing them, she needs a guest list. So I don't understand how she moved to place cards without the guest list. Anyway, our, Victoria starts talking to her about it. And it's basically, basically like, I just want to understand where your mind is coming from. Where I was very clear about what I wanted. And then... You knew what I wanted, but you just decided not to give it to me. She sounded like Beyonce <laughs> on that homecoming documentary where she's there. She and Jay-Z are going out for their anniversary and Beyonce's and there's they're deep in rehearsals. Beyonce's like, I see no point in giving more feedback in more notes until my first notes have been put into place. And until then, there is no more need to give more notes. And that's kind of what she, she gave me Beyonce vibes. God, some, I'm going to be struck down dead by lightning and then eaten by bees. <laughs> but she did. She gave me Beyonce vibes. I mean, they just, Jen just talked about how she got confused and she realized she should have done that, but she's just stressed out and this is a hard thing and she gets like, worried and she gets stuck and I don't know um where was this I'm like looking at my notes now oh and it's like it's like raining at this point because um you know it's the day of the party or maybe this happens two separate days I just know the next thing that happens it's a day of the party and it's been raining really badly, and um, they're having problems with the venue. And Victoria's like, if these lights go out, the lights are flickering, if these lights go out in this house, they're going to be out for 12 hours, you know? And I'm like, what kind of lights, like, that if they go out, they just stay out for 12 hours? What is she talking about? By the way, when I moved to the suburb of Austin, I got an electric company. <laughs> That one, the lights have only been out in my house one time since I moved here over a year ago. But as soon as the lights went out, maybe 10 minutes later, I got a text message from the electricity company saying, hey, we know your lights are out and we expect them to be back on by this time. I was like, ooh, nice. Nice. And they were on before the time they told me. So you know what? Kudos to them. Also, the post office here... And I'm seeing more places do it, but when I first moved here, no one had this, and, I, and everyone thought I was, like, crazy. But I don't even know how I got it. I feel like when I did my change of address, I got it. I don't know. But the, the post office, they scan the mail every day anyway. So when they scan mail coming to my house, like, so every day I get an email with a summary of what's going to be brought to my house. Like, the actual mail. And and then at the bottom there'll be packages. So if you email me, if you send me a package and you get a tracking device through the post office, I immediately get an email saying, you have a package coming in. This is the day and this is the tracking number. It won't tell me, like, what's in it. It won't tell me who it's from, but it'll tell me where it's originating from. I don't know. I don't know why, but 
as soon as it started happening, I'd be like, I don't know, working or something, and I'd get an, an image that someone was sending me something, and I'd be like, oh, um, um, I see that you sent me, what's this in, in the envelope? And they'd be like, how did, and I'd send them a screenshot, and be like, how did you get a fucking picture of it? It's because the post office sends it. I don't know what's going on with the utilities around this bitch, but I'm into it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm off on a fucking tangent. So, the main problem they're having is that they're having problems with the caterers. And the problem is this. From what I could make out, they're at a big event hall. They're a dime a dozen around in Long Island. And they have scheduled their event to start too close to another one ending. Now, that's not her fault, okay? You tell them what time you want to start, and they'll tell you what the availability is, but they have to flip the room. I've worked at event spaces before. You can't just, like, end a party and then 10 minutes later let the other party in. It's not how it works. Even if you're, like, already picking up stuff, like the last song of the night, the last song, the last dance, or whatever people are doing, you're already, like, bussing tables and breaking shit down and putting things away and getting ready to go. Awesome. But you still need a lot of time because you need setup and shit like that. And according to Victoria, no one told her this, which I find very odd that no one told her this. This would be like somebody's brand new on the job to not tell you that your guests will be in the lot, will need to be in the lobby until this certain time. Like, listen, I don't know this event hall, but I'm. <laughs> I don't know it's a vent hall, but I'm pretty sure I believe them over Victoria. But the problem is, is that Victoria has Jen calling them to argue about this. And that's fine if Jen set the shit up. Not if, not if you did, because she can't argue this is not what we agreed to because she wasn't there. And also, again, she's like 18 years old. And you're expecting her to have, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is her first assistant gig. I, I mean, at 18, it would be, but I wouldn't be surprised she has zero experience in this. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if her resume had, like, class treasurer on it. Like, the type of shit you have on when you just leave high school. Marching band. Bullshit like that, that nobody wants to see on a fucking resume. But she does not... I would bet all the fucking money in my bank account right now that Jen had no idea how to handle a caterer. Had no idea about it. Had never thrown a party like that. She doesn't know that, like, that definitely Victoria got a contract. And it's 2004, so I don't know if it was emailed to her. It should have been emailed to her. But um, she's got a contract somewhere that says what time it starts and if people have to stay in the lobby for 10, 15 minutes. There's a contract somewhere that tell all that shit's fucking laid out. But Victoria, who's doing nothing, by the way, but walking around with too long hair that is not hers, that came from some horse in Malaysia. And <laughs> she's walking around in fucking pajamas, fussing at Jen that Jen can't get this taken care of. How is Jen supposed to get this taken care of? You're better off having Jen do placeholder mats or uh, place cards right now because Jen can do that. I'm sure she can write neatly on a place card. Although I think they should be printed. I don't. I don't. This looks tacky. 
And then Victoria's complaining that Jen didn't finish the place cards. And I'm like, because you stopped her from doing the place cards to fuss at her because she didn't have the guest list, which I understand she should have. That's an easy thing to do. It's not that big of a deal. It's the day of. We should have it. And then you made her go and call the the catering company to argue with them about stuff she has no knowledge of. It was just, but this is why I can't be an assistant because I would say, "How the fuck would I? How the fuck am I supposed to know that? Why don't I? Why don't we all use our best and highest use, which is a term, an efficiency term that basically, if we have five people here and we have A, B, and C emergencies, and two people can only do with A, three people can do B, C, and D." One person can do, well, that's not, that's too many people, but you understand what I'm saying. And then someone else can do all A, B, C, and D emergencies. You put people where, where their best uses and their highest uses. So if if there's only two people that can deal with A, then I'm going to choose one of those two people, even if they can also deal with B, C, and D, because it doesn't make sense for you to be fixing the copier if you're all, if you're the only person that can talk to the vendors. I'm going to put you talking to the vendors because I have three people that can fix the copier. So we'll send some ones over there. And Jen's best use is not on that phone trying to convince the kid. That's your best use. That's Victoria should be doing that. Jen's best use right now is to do these fucking place cards and let's get moving. That's what Jen's best use is. <laughs> and then while all this is going on, Brian, what was his name? I forgot his fucking name. It was something stupid. Brian from the Miami trip comes down and is like, listen, I'm going to want to tell you this because it has something to do with what you're talking about. Listen, the DJ, I told him to hurry up and get there, you know what I'm saying? Because of traffic and the, and the rain and everything. And they're giving him a hard time. They're saying, there's somebody already in your event hall. <laughs> and Victoria's just like, yeah, we know. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. He's like, I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And then while all this is going on, while all of this is going on, Carmine walks by in in a pair in a bathing in some bathing suit shorts and says, "I'm about to I'm about to uh, slide down the hill in the rain." <laughs> like <laughs> he's got a towel. Him, I think John. What's that kid that looks like a guinea pig? I forgot his name too. <laughs> this is what happens when you fucking skip a week. This, that's why it seems like it should be on more than episode five, because I skipped a week. That's why. <sighs> Glad I answered my own fucking question. But yeah, they're all down the hill. You know, they ain't worried about no fucking caterer. Jen's looking all like she wished she could go to. <laughs> At one point, she's like staring off into space, and Victoria like snaps in front of her. It's like, you hear? You hear? She's like, no, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. She's just thinking, I shouldn't have taken this fucking job. <laughs> yeah, Jen, you shouldn't have. <laughs> You shouldn't have. Ugh. So, next everybody's getting ready. And Frank has a scene where he's explaining to us why they're always late. How he's already ready. You know, he's got his tie on. How uh, <laughs> Carmine's just now getting in the shower. His mother's running around the house. She hasn't even started getting ready. And this is the most coherent I've ever heard Frank speak. I mean, John. Is Frank? Oh, shit. I'm sorry, when I was earlier talking about a big old Frankenstein type monster, I was talking about Frank, not John. I was talking about the I was talking about the 14-year-old. 
Sorry about that. Ugh. Anyway, so Frank. Frank is the most coherent I've ever heard him speak. And he's just basically explaining. He's quiet. He's not screaming for no fucking reason. He's just... He's just like, yeah, I'm already ready. Everybody else is getting ready. And that's when John runs down the stairs. Because he's got a hair gel emergency. He is very upset because somebody has used his gel. The house is full of boys. And I'm assuming they're like cousins and friends. You know, they're just people that are over there. are all going to ride with them. Again, I'm so interested by these households where, like, your mom is just like, sure, bring three other people over here. <laughs> yeah. Like, my mom would totally be like, why doesn't he get dressed at his house? Why he always at our house? He don't have no place to live? What the fuck is going on here? Oh, guys, guys. I called my mom the other day. And I go, Ma, Ma, what are you doing? She goes, I'm in my car. I was like, what are you doing in your car? And she goes, I'm in line because it's my girlfriend's birthday and we're all going to drive down the street and honk our horns for her birthday. And I just bust out laughing. And she, I laugh for a full three minutes. And she starts laughing. She goes, I know. It's because of coronavirus. And I was like, there's no fucking way you would ever agree to do this in a regular time. There's no fucking way. You would have called me and said, girl, guess what they wanted me to do? They wanted me to waste my gas to ride down the street honking the horn. My mother would have been livid. They didn't want to even ask her. This is the same woman that called me one day and said, so I have to go to lunch. And it said Panera Bread. And what do they have there anyway? Bread? Just a bunch of bread everywhere? Ugh. And I was like, Ma, it's not bread. And I, I'm reading her the menu. She's like, you're so, you, you, you always go there. And you think you know everything. What's in this sandwich? And I'm reading the menu. And she's like, well, how do you know? And I was like, well, first you just asked me. And also, I'm reading the menu. She's like, ugh, you've been so cocky since you learned how to read. Since I was three? She's like, yeah, yeah. You think you know everything now that you know how to read. You called me. <laughs> but just her even for participating in it and while we we're talking on the phone she's like hold on hold on and some guy walked by I guess and he was taking video of everyone in the cars to, to, to send to the girl later or whatever absolutely not something my mother would laugh in someone's face she'd say something like I got a job I don't have time to be riding around the block honking a horn wasting my gas up ruining the neighbor's peace but she wants to go somewhere so fucking bad. It was raining, too. My mother doesn't go anywhere where it's raining. We used to go hard to Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> or the West, whichever one it was that's allergic to water. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. COVID has really changed the way we live. And I guess we can't go back to this is the new normal. My mom's participating in shit. She got a happy attitude. Anyway, I'm just very interested in this lifestyle where just a bunch of people can just come be always be at your house all the time. They just kind of live there and go home sometimes. Anytime you got to go do something, they're there too, getting dressed and shit. And so, so anyway, John's running down. He's yelling at everyone. He's like, "Who uses gel? Who uses gel? This gel right here? This gel?" And someone was like, "I didn't use it." And he's like, "Then shut up! I'm not talking to you. If it was, if it wasn't you, then what do you say anything for?" And he's talking to Frank at this point. And Frank's like, "I didn't use that gel. I used Brian's gel. That's the dummy, <laughs> the dummy from Miami, the dummy that went to Miami and was talking about the DJ." And he's like, 
Brian's jail's full. This is my jail. Did you use this jail? And he's screaming at Frank. And Frank's like, I didn't, or I did, or like, whatever. And in the middle of his tirade, John goes, what are you even wearing a tux for? And <laughs> walks away. Frank's like, because it's my party. <laughs> oh, my God. So he's not done yet. Now he's down in the foyer. Well, near the front door foyer. I don't know if it's technically a foyer. And, like, you know, Victoria has gotten wind of this. And she's, like, walking around going, Frank, what is the problem? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this jail. Y'all the son. Here's this jail. I need this jail. We're going to be out in the rain. <laughs> like, he's losing it over the fucking jail. People are trying to offer him jail. He don't want that jail. He wants this jail. He's so, he's so discombobulated by the fact that he was going to go do his hair with his special gel and it's gone now. <laughs> that he, after he's yelling at everyone, everyone's yelling back and people are offering gel and he's screaming, he don't want that gel. He starts walking up the stairs saying, I'm going to go take a shower. No one stand, be in my room. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he's so mad. <laughs> and you know what? I'm laughing, but I can see myself having a similar meltdown. When I talk about... Mm, What's that? Flipping out. When I talk about flipping out, and that that uh, opening scene. Well, it's not an opening. It's in the. It's in like the. Uh, what I don't even. It's in the theme song, like the. You know the thing that plays before before a show, and he's like hitting the table, going, "No onions, no onions." How many times did I tell you, "No onions"? That is me. Like, I said, "No onions." Why are you coming over here with some fucking onions? And I could feel myself, I could see myself getting worked up to the point where I would have to go full John and be like, who the fuck used my jail? This is my jail, my special jail. I wrote my name on it. Maybe I'm not used to sharing. You know what? I share. But like, I had three brothers and I always had my own room. I always had my own shit. And I would go, I, I never had hand-me-downs because there was nobody to hand me down from. I never had to share anything. And, like, if I wanted to play, I would go into their rooms. You know, sometimes they had multiple rooms, sometimes one room, depending on where we lived. And I'd be like, fuck up their shit in there. And then just be like, damn, this room is messed up. Let me go back to my room. And I'd keep the door closed. That I cannot imagine someone just walking. When I met my husband's sisters, his six sisters, they live a lifestyle, a sisterhood lifestyle that I just don't understand. Where you just have take people shit, you just go in there and just get somebody's stuff. You can. I they fight with each other. They fight hard with each other in a way that I've never fought with my brothers and hoped to. Like one of them, they were having an argument, and one of them like called some, said someone had a crusty pussy or something, like or a saggy pussy. I don't remember what she said, but I just remember I was like, <gasps> and like they were friends again ten minutes later. <laughs> Like, one of my brothers screamed across the room that I had a saggy pussy. <laughs> because we were arguing over... I don't even know what the fuck they were arguing over. I think they were arguing over who was going to drive the Popeyes. I don't fucking know. I think that would be the end of me and my brother. <laughs> I didn't come back from that. But it's probably because I don't... I don't have that... Thing where someone's always in my space I always had my own space and so so I can see myself being a job being like what the 
wait, this is my jail. And there are several indents in this. <laughs> and I need the whole tube to do my do. <laughs> Actually, after this little uh, rant, we get, um, we get, we get like a slow motion <laughs> editor's trick of, um, John doing his hair and blow drying and flipping his hair around and them adding all these side effects, um, the sound effects and shit. It's so fucking funny. So we get to the party. It's a big event hall, like I said it would be. It's, you know, a fat, not, it's, it's a ton of people there. It's a, I wouldn't be surprised if there were 300 people at that fucking party. I wouldn't be surprised. And then at some point, <laughs> we get Vicky, Frankie, Johnny, and Carmine <laughs> rising through the floor in a rotating elevator that puts them on the dance floor. And you can tell this is supposed to be for a bride and groom. This is one of those things that they're like, well, we have this and we could do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe they even charge extra. Maybe it comes with certain packages. And so as they're being presented, here's the thing. John isn't graduating. <laughs> Which is why he looked, I guess he looked over it the most. And he walked off the thing very quickly. Um, so... The music that was playing <laughs> was Air Supplies, The One That You Love. Now, guys, that's not what was really fucking playing. Because <laughs> why would they why would they rise through the floor <laughs> to a song that says, Here I am, the one that you love? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a song chosen it was a song from 2004 chosen by probably the boys so i don't really know what it was it it might have been it might have been yeah from usher it could have been was it well i don't i don't know if i'm gonna say that guy's name right um i think his name was iman and it was like fuck you i don't want you back you know what i'm talking about it had to be a 2004 song. It could have been Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg. It was a 2004 song that the boys picked, even if they didn't pick it, that like the DJ like offered to them and it was something catered to the boys. It was not Air Supply. It couldn't have been Air Supply. There's no fucking way. And again, it makes no sense for the four of them to rise to the floor to, here I am, the one that you love. Toxic by Britney Spears. The way it rolled up reminded me of like a Britney Spears concert. You know the way, like, I mean, a, a Britney at her peak. I mean, a Britney before her injury. Um, you know the way her like her um, <laughs> her stage elements would move around and stuff. It reminded me of like <laughs> she would like come up in that. And then go to the piano. <laughs> and sing a ballad. <laughs> I don't 
don't know, lucky? <laughs> I don't know, it was a lot. But this is the end of the episode, guys. I'm, and it's good because I'm laughing too much. Um, and, I mean, she casually, like, as they're leaving, Vicky casually says she paid double for the party, but she doesn't explain why. Like, what do you mean pay double for the party? First of all, in the event space, you've already paid for the party before the party starts because there's nothing more awkward than the party's already gone and you have to try to get that last payment. Normally, you make a deposit the day you, you've reserved the date. Uh, and they're, they're like, okay, so, you know, 25% due a deposit, 50% due 30 days prior, and one week prior to the event, I need the rest of it paid. That's that's That would be a normal schedule because... Why would I staff the event that might not happen because you didn't pay? There's nothing worse than chasing a check at an event. Nothing worse. And so if you're working at a place, I mean, I'm sure Victoria knows a lot of different people. And, I mean, she she has relationships with different people. So it's possible that she gets uh, different treatment. But the fact is, like, any reputable event space is not chasing a check from you on the day of. They're just not going to. Because if you don't pay it, we're not going to have a fucking event. And I've got all these care waiters here. I've got the kitchen here. I've got the staff. I've got the lady that has to help you off the, the twirling little piece that brings you up to the dance floor. I got a lot of fucking people here and they all want to get paid. And they wouldn't be at work today if I wasn't having an event. So I don't know what the fuck she means. I don't know how... The day of, she paid double. I don't get that. Did I? And I feel like we should hear more about this. It shouldn't be a casual thing mentioned, and then they just walk down the hallway. But she mentions that Jen is, you know, working out great, or if she's in the family. I don't fucking know. Jen, run. Run. <laughs> and that's it. Ooh, what if they came up to the floor to Baby Boy by Beyonce and Sean <laughs> Almost said Sean John. <laughs> what if they came up with that like island beat? <laughs> uh, okay, guys, this is, that's the end of the episode. I'm going in and out. I'm going to be eating cheesy goodness. Um, please remember to send. Get, send uh, please remember to join the Patreon so you can get those bonus episodes. Remember to leave me a review. Follow me at OKThenPrincess on Instagram and Twitter for my daily rants. Um, and follow me at uh, Buy Pumpkin Podcast on Instagram for show news. That's it. I'll be, um, I'm going to do, this week I'm going to do a um, a bonus episode about the Real Housewives of Atlanta now that's wrapped up. Um, I'm going to do a bonus episode about RuPaul's Drag Race in which Kara has agreed to come on. But I gave her the wrong day and time. So we shall see if she comes. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's more cool bonus stuff kind of happening. And of course, I'm going to get my John and K plus 8 episode in there. The next ep- the next bonus episode for them is going to be about the, um, the breakup episode. Which is also the Crooked House episode where they buy these incredibly expensive Crooked House buy in relative term they were gifted these incredibly expensive crooked houses and installed them but also talk about how they're getting divorced (laughs) so that's going to be next week too if you are not a patreon member you are missing out
definitely go sign up. And that's it, guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon.